The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Today FM. It all happens here. Today FM. First guest in this section is Anne Doyle, who is the research officer at the Health Research Board. And she's the lead author of a study, Alcohol and Other Drug Use Among Children and Young People in Ireland. Anne, what are your main findings, please? Good evening, Matt, and thank you for having me. So I suppose some of the key findings from this report are that we are seeing an increase in cocaine use among young people. Um, Although the the overall number of young people who use substances has stabilised, cannabis remains the most common drug used, cocaine is creeping up, as well as ecstasy, and in fact our use of ecstasy and cocaine is now second highest in Europe. And then I suppose in relation to alcohol, what we're seeing is that young people are delaying alcohol use and young people are choosing not to drink. But of those who do begin to drink, we're seeing a pattern of harmful drinking where in fact one in every three young people are considered to have an alcohol use disorder. So they are the harmful consequences then that they're experiencing because of their alcohol use. How do you define um, that? Sorry, what is the, how do you yeah. define harmful, harmful consequences? How much do they yes. need to be drinking to do that? Well, in terms of alcohol use disorder, this is characterised, it's, it's a condition that's characterised by an impaired ability to stop or control their alcohol use despite adverse social, occupational or health consequences. So it's having a serious impact on their life, um, be it their family, their job or college or their social life, uh, as in their social um, standing as well, in that uh, it's causing relationship difficulties as well. Um, But the harmful consequences then of the alcohol use are that we're seeing, um, obviously, that very high incidence of alcohol use disorder. We're seeing a 12% increase in alcohol-related hospitalizations in a relatively short period of time, so from 2015 to 2018. Um, the, the report goes through various other harmful consequences, such as emergency department presentations, alcohol-related assaults, including sexual assaults, relationship, family problems. And of course, a common thread throughout the report is the mental health association between substance use and so not just alcohol, but illegal drug use as well. So we're seeing increased anxiety, stress and depression among those who are using alcohol, especially at those harmful levels. What about greater use by young women? Um, so I suppose historically young men were more likely to to use alcohol than young females, but that trend has been booked a couple of years ago or maybe more than five to ten years ago and young women are now drinking at the same level as young men, including at those harmful levels. So in fact, there's very little difference in the rates of alcohol use disorder among young men and young women. And what about cocaine use and cannabis use by women? Or is that more of a male phenomenon? Do you know, it is still more males, but in the last five years, we've certainly seen an increase in young females' use of cocaine in particular, um, where they have almost caught up with the the levels of, of male use. So yes, that is certainly a concerning trend. Where do you get these figures and estimates from? Is this on the basis of presentations to hospitals or GPs or other other means of getting the information? Uh, so the report is based on multiple, multiple sources of different data. We've used as many surveys that have included substance use um, and are based on young people. 
we've used hospital admissions and discharges, psychiatric hospital admissions and discharges, as well as the numbers um, reported on our national information system, such as the numbers attending treatment for substance use, the numbers of drug-related deaths, and the number of psychiatric uh, um, hospitalizations due to substance use as well. We've also got data from um, self-harm registers and uh, suicide registers as well. So there's a lot of different sources in, in the report. And what age do you go up to? I mean, if you're talking about children and adolescents, but into young adults, how old are they? Yeah, uh, generally, broadly speaking, it is 15 to 24. So some some of the surveys used will have used, you know, that full age group, some specifically focus in on younger adolescents. But 15 to 24 is, is the, the focus of this report. Thank you very much, Anne Doyle from the HRB, the Health Research Board, uh, the lead author on that report. Uh, Professor Bobby Smith, as a clinical professor in public health at Trinity College Dublin and as a consultant child and adolescent psychiatrist, what do you make of these findings? Um, I guess it's mixed news, Matt. Um, I think it's important to pay attention to some of the positive pieces of information in the report. Um, I guess when we talk about alcohol and drugs, there can be a bit of a sense of Groundhog Day or been told things are getting worse relentlessly. That's not what I would take from this report. I take some encouragement from the fact that you know, more young people are delaying their entry into the world of drinking. There's a growing minority choosing not to drink at all. Um, I suppose one of the things we worry most uh, about in terms of drug-related outcomes is overdose deaths, and, and they've fallen by 60% uh, over the 10 years looked at in this report in this age range. So that's certainly some good news. Um, On the flip side, though, what about issues in relation to addiction and also perhaps mental health damage that might be caused by alcohol and other drug use? Yeah, and I suppose my day job is, is dealing with teenagers who've run into issues with addiction. So uh, while the, the profile of addictions I'm dealing with is very different now than it was 15 years ago when, I think 15 years ago, it was largely heroin. Heroin has vanished pretty much, but uh, yes, there's still plenty of issues around addiction to uh, substances like cannabis, to be honest, which is, is the main drug driving demand for addiction treatment in under-18s anyway. Um, cocaine use is certainly escalating. Alcohol, um, in terms of your conversation with Anne about the, the gender breakdown, uh, alcohol is, is, is clearly a driver of demand for addiction treatment too, but that's the one where we would sort of see equal male and female numbers, whereas for other substances it, it tends to be more a male phenomenon. What about though, the addictive nature of the use of these substances in the young adolescent brain or young adults? Is it more dangerous to become uh, addicted to these substances than it would later in life, perhaps? No, very definitely, Matt. Um, you know, for anyone embarking on a career of substance use, you're better off delaying uh, that into your 20s than, than commencing it in your teens because, the, yeah, you're right, the brain is developing and it, there's lots of evidence to indicate that early entry into regular substance use, say, in your mid-teens, uh, can cause brain impacts. And the worry is that some of those may be enduring. Long before we had sort of the brain research studies, we did know that, that, the, that for adults uh, who had an alcohol dependence or a drug dependence, if that had its onset during adolescence, they tended to have poorer outcomes as adults. But that brain research might provide an explanation as to why it's particularly concerning to move into that world of substance use during the, the teenage years. How do we deal with this? Um, I guess it's it's multifaceted approach. Um, 
There's uh, a role certainly for education and information for young people in schools. So that's where we have the um, SPHE programs in schools. Uh, there's a role for parents. Um, and again, the research reported it in the study by Anne looked at risk and protective factors and it shows that how we parent our, our, our sons and daughters has an impact. Uh, good communication helps but also so to some degree of monitoring and rules. Um, oh, sorry, the setting of example in relation to alcohol consumption and other things? Very definitely, yeah. yeah. The more parents drink and indeed the more you know, uh, certainly in our adolescent addiction service we'd have parents who use cannabis and, and that, that that certainly then makes it harder for a young person who's run into difficulty to make change as well. So parental substance use, whether it's alcohol or drugs, is certainly a risk factor as well. So we as adults really need to look at what, what we're doing, what example we're setting. And then how important is it that the state and the role through the Gardaí and other officers of the state clamp down on the supply of illegal narcotics? Um, yeah, that that's certainly... Um, a component of of society's response, um, you know, um, to reduce availability, to reduce access, to sort of to, to denormalise. I mean, my big concern maybe over the last ten years is that use of drugs, particularly like cannabis and cocaine, seems to become more normalised and perhaps a little bit more public and a bit more tolerated in certain settings. Um, and that's ultimately unhelpful for young people then who well, operate well, in those contexts. There's an interesting one here from a listener, Kathleen, who says, I think there has to be a correlation between the increase in drug use and the increase in the price of alcohol. Could it be that younger people are finding it easier and cheaper to access things like cannabis and cocaine, which when they're also buying, they have no idea what the strength or quality of them is? Um, certainly the change in alcohol price, I mean, alcohol was dropping in price relentlessly up until January of this year, and the data in this report all predates January of this year. So I'm not sure if that listener is referring, say, to minimum unit pricing. So there was a slight increase in alcohol costs there last January. But the data in this report is all goes back to sort of 2020 would be the most recent data in it. So that's certainly not a factor here. And in terms of the relationship between alcohol and drugs like cocaine, um, actually, it's, it's, it's drinking is it, it tends to be a gateway into uh, the use of drugs like cocaine and to some extent ecstasy as well. Thank you very much, Professor Bobby Smith. Professor Dennis Cusack is with us as well, Director of the Medical Bureau of Road Safety, because it did strike us, Dennis, could there be issues in relation arising from this report which might feed into uh, driving behaviours amongst young people? Matt, I, I think this is a very interesting and important discussion because, yes, I, I'd look at it from a few points of view and some of it is taking it from what Anne Doyle and Professor Smith have just said. There are medical problems, even including liver disease we're seeing earlier. There are psychological and psychiatric, including psychosis. There are road safety issues. Um, there are accidents. And as, as, as a serving coroner, I also see, sadly, tragic deaths from drownings, road traffic crashes and so on. And we also have to look at what is it going to be our view in society with the possible debate coming to uh, decriminalisation uh, and or de uh, legalising the cannabis. So you're absolutely right. Um, and if we start with the road safety, um, the first thing, of course, we have to remember is that um, 
uh, it's only at 16 can a person get a license for the, one of the lower powered motorcycles and at 17 for cars but that's one of the points I, I'd actually make you know we, we mustn't be out preaching and sound preaching to you know uh, young people 15 to 24 um, I'm just thinking a lot of them are doing their junior cert and leaving cert they've done biology some of them might be thinking of doing science and other specialties so if we actually talk to them and say look you know, some of these drugs, including alcohol, they disinhibit you. They make you more likely to do things you wouldn't otherwise do. Some of them are stimulants like cocaine or ecstasy. You know, they'll make you uh, do risks. And all of that is translated into driving. So following up from the medical risks and, and uh, psychological and mental health risks, if you start young, you're more likely that uh, you, you could develop an addiction. Similarly, it might set down a really dangerous habit of driving. And if you're under the influence of an intoxicant, be it alcohol uh, or other drugs, uh, you're going to be uh, a, a less safe driver. And we're seeing exactly the same patterns, um, cannabis being the most common, followed by cocaine. We're not yet seeing as much of the amphetamine and methamphetamine speed and ecstasy, but interestingly enough, we're developing tests more widespread for the Gardaí starting this autumn, as well as cannabis and cocaine. They'll also be able to test for amphetamines and methamphetamines at the roadside. So I, I think we've got to have a look at a whole picture. And one of the things from a medical point of view, if you combine cocaine and alcohol, you actually get a compound called cocaethylene, which really basically puts you out of your, out of your mind with that. Um, very, very difficult to control. So I think we've really got to you know, speak to young people because sometimes, particularly younger men, they say, why are you picking on us? And we're saying, look, we're not picking on you. We're just giving you the evidence. We're trying to show you the dangers and then you will make informed choices. It's also the same for young women. So, for example, we're seeing liver disease both in living people and sadly, when people die from, let's say, road traffic crashes or drowning, we're seeing liver disease in the 30s and 40s that we wouldn't have seen a few decades earlier until they were in their, uh, maybe their 50s or 60s. So it's a huge, big picture, um, and I think this is very helpful. But I would like to take out some of the positives, and Professor Smith has already said that. But the overall message is, look, let's have a, a good, mature conversation with our young people, respect them, help them understand the dangers and maybe make informed decisions. Knowing from time to time, everybody was young once, they're going to make mistakes. But we, if we can just educate and say, this is the reason why we're saying this to you, not to punish, not to spoil your fun, um, but let's see if we can do this responsibly for all of these reasons. Professor Janice Cusack from the Medical Bureau of Road Safety and Senior Coroner for Kildare, thank you for being with us. The last word with Matt Cooper. Today FM. It all happens here.